You know, it's Christmas. I love this time of year. Okay, it's not so much Christmas in particular, but uh, there's three things that start with F that I love. And that is football. Football, baby, like proper football, like NFL football. Okay, where you get to like put on a weapon on your head and you get to run as hard as you can to someone and try and hurt them. I mean, that's great. And then watching other people do it, it's like even better. So that's, that's football. And then there's like, it's food. Cause like, you know, even like as a teacher, like, you know, all the kids bring in like the cupcakes and the chocolate and like, thank you for being an awesome teacher. I'm like, thank you for being my favorite student. Um, I actually tell every kid who brings something in, I'm like, you're my favorite student. I tell them in front of the whole class. So um, all the kids are like, you told me that last week. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't bring me food this week. So, you know, it's changed. But, uh, we always have a good laugh. And then the, uh, the last thing is, the third thing is kind of a, a two-in-one. It's uh, our friends and our family. Our friends and our family. This time of year, is you, you get around, and um, we got um, some family uh, coming. Kylie's parents are coming in tomorrow. They're going to be here for a few weeks. Man, we had friends who um, they weren't meant to be here, uh, but they turned up today, and so that was awesome. But also, um, this church in particular, last year, it was our first year um, in Australia. We didn't have um, family coming over. Um, we did have some friends, but I love just the way that everyone got around and just say, hey, you guys are like, this is your first Christmas. You got something to do with it. You got people to go to. We have people looking out for us over here. And that's one of the best things about this church. Who does not have um, family in Queensland or won't be seeing them in, uh, in, uh, at Christmas? Who's, yeah, we've got a few. It's one of those places, eh, where you're you kind of, you're just sort of um, traveling to this. But, um, you know, make sure you get around um, these people. Make sure you get around. And tonight, in particular, I've titled it, You're Not Alone. You're Not Alone. And uh, I want to look at uh, three things that uh, tonight, and just to remind you that you're not alone. And when we're looking at these, I want to talk about a group of guys, okay? And uh, they kept Jesus company. And so uh, these are the disciples and they hung out with them. And I want to take some of the stories that, uh, and some of the things that they did. And I'm going to apply it to these things that we're looking at tonight. And the, the first thing I want us to remember is that grace and forgiveness. That's the first thing you need to remember in not being alone. Because as soon as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are never, ever alone. All right, you have, Jesus is with you the whole step of the way. Now, sometimes you are going to go through periods where you feel like he's far away or, you know, we're, we're humans, okay? That part's never going to change. So we're going to do and we're going to say some things that'll separate us from God because that's sin. Sin separates us from God. But our God, Lord Jesus Christ, died on that cross so that whatever we do, we can come to him at any time and we are forgiven and we have grace upon us. And grace is one of those things. It is the most illogical concept for our broken human state of mind to comprehend. It just doesn't make sense at all. Because there's no way that you should be doing that and you should be getting this gift that God has given us. You know, it's eternal life. It's, he's going to be there forever. We're able to just come to him at any time. So you are never alone, okay? And so many times you sort of feel like, you know, we're, we're doing it by ourselves or whatever. You've got to get into that relationship with God. You've got to be working on it. You've got to get that prayer going. You've got to get that Bible reading going. You've got to put on that worship, uh, worship album, whatever it is. You've got to start coming to church, all right? And that's the other side to this grace deal. 
You know, it's because people do and say dumb things. You know, we just do. You know, and you've got to get used to it. <laughs> you know, and you're sometimes, you know, people are going to say stuff to you that's going to offend you. People are going to say stuff that's going to hurt you. And it's gonna, not going to be acceptable at all. All right, but we've got to be people who administer this grace thing. And God calls us out on it too. He says, the same grace that I gave you, you give to others. You know, and this is one of the areas that really trips people up. Man, and we can't. We can't let the devil get that foothold of holding on to that resentment. You know, I was, so many times in, in uh, my life where I've seen it just start to fall apart. Okay, or, you know, I'm just about to say something dumb. Actually, sometimes I do say a lot of dumb stuff. Um, my wife, uh, she puts up with a lot, and um, she's actually told me, uh, that's not okay to say to those people, Adam. I'm like, oh, okay, because, you know, before I met Kylie, it was a definite work in progress. You know, and for me, like, even just the other day, uh, I saw a post on Facebook, and uh, it was kind of like, oh, man, like, got me a little bit annoyed. I was like, oh, man, I can say something. I'm just going to, like, set Facebook on fire right now. And so I'm, like, looking at her. Kylie, like, she just knows. She's like, um, Adam, don't post it. And I'm just like, oh, come on. Like, you know, I just want to. Like, it'll offend so many people. It'll be great. But, and she, she goes, like, Adam, don't post it. I'm like, oh, okay. So she walks out and I post it. Uh, but, <laughs> but then, like, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not who I used to be. So, like, a few minutes later, I just deleted it. But I actually felt a whole lot better because then I, like, because I was, like, getting, you know, you get into, like, battle mode, getting ready to go. But then I was like, oh, okay, I can just relax because, you know, it's not there. But I'm um, like, there's so many, there's been so many times when it's just been Kylie's just like, Adam, don't post that to Facebook. And I'm just like, oh. Just offend so many people. That'll be great. <laughs> you know, um, this is actually a really good time to mention that um, husbands, sometimes the word of God sounds a lot like your wife. All right? So that's just a key thing to throw in there. Okay? Because it, it does happen sometimes. Put that in there. Uh, one of my favorite disciples is Peter. All right? This guy said dumb stuff all the time. I love it. I love reading it. Cause like, and the more I looked at it, I was just like, wow, it was just like one thing after another thing after another thing. You know, it's like on the Mount of Transformation, you know, Jesus is um, having this moment and Moses comes down and hangs out and Elijah comes and hangs out. And, you know, all this stuff's happening. And uh, in Matthew 17, verse 4 and 7, and uh, I'm going to pick it up from there. It says, Peter exclaimed, so right when this is all happening, Peter exclaimed in the um, Bible that I was reading, um, it was an NLT, but it must have been a different edition. It said, um, Peter um, called out, like he just, I totally lost what it was, but he just like oh, blurted it out. Peter blurted out, okay, just without thinking, just trying to be like, this is great, like, ugh. and he says, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here if you want. I'll go make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice on the cloud said, This is my dearly beloved son, who brings me great joy. Listen to him. And the disciples were terrified and fell face down to the ground. Jesus came over, touched them, said, Get up and don't be afraid. It's like Peter got so excited that he cut God off, like just before like their real special moment. 
You know, but it's, I love it because then they fall down terrified. Peter was terrified because he realized, oh man, I just cut God off. You know, he was having this real deep and serious moment. And I just like went and like butted in there and said something really dumb, like trying to say like Moses and Elijah, like, you know, Jesus, we're all on the same level here. And then Jesus, God's like, nah, nah, you know, this is, this is it. And, and he doesn't learn though either. You know, he just keeps making mistakes. Because even if you go before that into Matthew 16, verses uh, 15 to 19. I want to read it out from an actual Bible because uh, I don't know if you have these, but uh, they're really good. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's a paper version. And yeah, you can like actually use a real pen to highlight it as well. So they're good. Matthew 16, verses 15 and 19. And it says um, that so Jesus asks, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now say, now I say to you, you, Peter, which means rock, uh, and upon this rock, so you are Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Peter's like, show. Yeah, yeah. I'm the rock, baby. You know, he just gave me the keys to heaven. It's like, I can bind whatever I want. Man, I'm going to be like binding like kale. Like I'm going to be binding Illuminati lies that uh, KFC is not healthy for you. I'm going to be binding paleo. Like all this stuff that's just rubbish, man. Like rubbish. <laughs> like, but, you know, Peter's just like gets this little thing like, man, I'm going to do whatever. Yeah, this is awesome. And so then Jesus, um, he actually goes in. Jesus brings the, the, the vibe down a little bit. And, and Peter's sort of like, oh, man. But if we continue on uh, verses 22, so Peter took him aside and began to reprimand Jesus. Whoa, dude, what are you doing for things, for saying such things? Heaven forbid, Lord, this will ever, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. Whoa, <laughs> he just called Peter a rock and now he's calling him Satan. Like, this is like, he's like, bro, Peter, what are you saying? Come on now. Come on. You, and it says, it talks about like, he's like, Jesus says, man, you're not looking at this from an eternal point of view. You're just looking at this from a human point of view. Come on now. Don't do this to me. Don't make this harder than what it has to be for me. And so, like, Peter just keeps on going. It goes so far that Peter ends up denying Jesus Christ three times. In the moment where Jesus needs a friend the most, Peter, who's meant to be one of his best friends, denies him three times you know and that just absolutely breaks Peter's heart that he realized he'd done it and that and for Jesus as well that he realizes that Peter's done this even though Jesus didn't hear it specifically you know even before this you know Peter's awesome because you know they try to arrest him and Peter cuts off a dude's ear (laughs) he's like man don't touch my homeboy boom Cuts off his ear, and Jesus is like, man, Peter, man, you're going to chill out, man. Like, so, you know, Jesus just makes another ear, because he can do that, and, um, and it sets it all right again. And, it, like, like, you know, Peter's just, like, denies him three times. And Peter's broken. He's heartbroken about this. But here it comes into play. Jesus' best friend 
just an item three times. And if we go to John 21, verses 15 and 17, and we'll pick it up from there. After breakfast, Jesus, Simon Peter, so Jesus has come back to life. The, the, the guys have been out sailing, trying to find some fish. They haven't caught any, and they find some, and, and then they see this person on the shore, and they just, Peter knows who it is. So he goes swimming towards him, and then they're having this moment. And Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. The third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And Jesus says, then feed my sheep. It's a great story of a friendship being restored. You know, someone who was meant to be his best friend, and Jesus knew what happened. And Peter, I don't know if he, at that time, just before this, he was like, man, have I gotten away with it? Does Jesus know what I did? And he realized, man, Jesus did know. And that moment when um, Peter realizes, and Jesus is like, yeah, I know. Jesus is like, man, I called you to be the rock. Everything that I said before is still going to happen now. Go feed my sheep. And he, it was just a great story of restoration, you know, upon Jesus' part. And uh, as Christians... We have the power to do this, you know, because we're humans and sometimes our human side can't do it. And so we need to go to God and we need to get that grace to be able to step over those hard times. You know, so, so that's the first thing we've got to do is get that forgiveness side of it. It's hard. We'll have to, you have to work for it, man. Honestly, um, being straight up, you might need to go to Day of Freedom about it. Okay, because this, like I said before, that, that forgiveness thing to another person can absolutely destroy us. You know, and it, sometimes it just takes a lot of work. But we can get there. You know, and, and when we are restored and we can pass that forgiveness on, you know, that's powerful. Man, try stop, try stop anything. You know, that, that friendship, that relationship being restored. The second thing that we need to remember to make sure you're not alone is you need to serve. You've got to get amongst it. You've got to put yourself in a position. Just follow Jesus. You've got to do whatever you can to put yourself in the right position to be able to do what Jesus wants or how Jesus wants to um, use you. Okay? And when we go to the disciples again, Matthew 4 verses 21 to 22, it says a little further up the shore, Jesus saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat, with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. James and John knew that this is the call upon their life, and they've got to get involved. They knew that they've got to get around Jesus. They could have stayed in their boat, they could have stayed um, fishing, they could have, like, this is a family business that they just walked away from. You know, and their father's sitting right there. 
You know, I think the other great thing is that you don't hear Zebedee complain one bit. Zebedee's like, I know what you guys have to do. I mean, like, because they're called the Sons of Thunder, so he's probably like, I know that you guys need to go and see Jesus right now. Sons of Thunder, you know, it's not because, you know, they, they liked weather or anything like that. It was like, they were, like, they were, they were brawlers. Yeah, they, were, they weren't the, you know, easiest kids to get along with. It. I reckon the dad's like, sure, <laughs> finally someone else taking them. You know, but, you know, Zebedee didn't complain at all. He's like, okay, I know I've got this business, but that's more important. You know, and, and James and John, they didn't get all sentimental about it. They're like, I want to be wherever Jesus is. I've got to be there. You know, I want to put myself in a position. For me, this has worked um, a number of times. Just coming here, so we've been here for about two years now. And the start of last year, joining the stewards team was one of the best things I did. As a, as a new person coming in, and uh, if you want to join the stewards team, you can see me or anyone else in a black shirt afterwards. Um, that's a shameless plug. It's a great team to be on. And uh, it's awesome. But um, for me, uh, it was great because, uh, one, it got me involved in church. Okay, I, was, I was hungry. I was just like, man, I want to be wherever you need me. And so stewards is there. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do stewards. The other thing, though, that I've, I reckon the real blessing for me is that it got me into a wider group of people in the church. You know, because I could have come and, you know, I would have made um, people my own age, um, you know, young families. That connection is, is easy to make. But in the stewards team, I got to mix with, um, right from youth, right through to um, those who are, you know, several um, ages, steps in life. Um, Trying not to say old. Um, those who are much wiser than me. And, uh, you know, but it's like, I just... You know, it was those people like who I never, that, that natural connection wouldn't have been there. Because I was in stewards, I was like wanting to be in it, I, was, I got around them and just, you, you meet great people right across the church. You know, and it, it all comes from serving. The other thing that serving is so awesome is, uh, especially when I was in the young 20s, I was just like, man, I'm just going to do whatever. So, you know, I was um, at my uh, old church, at a, a Baptist church at the time, I was a youth leader, um, I was uh, did an internship at Youth for Christ in New Zealand and um, they were running um, a summer camp, and I brought, brought some of my um, youth from my church to the summer camp at the time. And um, right then, at that summer camp, is when I met Kylie. And that's one of the best decisions I've ever made. Like, it's like, you know, I'm not saying that if you go to summer camp, you're going to meet your wife. But I'm saying it doesn't hurt. You know, if you go to summer camp, like, you could meet your wife. But, you know, it's like, it's there. I'm just putting it out there. But, um... You know, Pastor John and Dan have a great metaphor. They say, you know, it doesn't matter where you're sitting on the bus as long as you're on the bus. You know, and, and let's just get the attitude. I mean, you're never going to be alone if you're serving in church. You know, it's great. Because also the other thing is you're going to connect with some people. Okay, so sometimes for me, um, the steward's side of thing is a very practical task-based side. Okay, it's a, it's a task-based. I'm a people side kind of person. Right, and if you do next steps three, you'll find out, you know, personality types and spiritual gifts, and, and it would be awesome. But sometimes you need to do something that may not be in your best zone to unlock your most comfortable position, so that when you get to this position, you're able to fulfill it more. You might get things over here. You might be connecting with people who are going to speak into your life, who are going to unlock some truths, who are going to be able to set you free, are going to give you some skills and some other things that are going to set you up so that when you have those things, they're going to unlock your life 
And when you get into that sweet spot, man, you are going to be able to do things that God has been like, I'm, you know, I would have had to hold that back because you wouldn't have been ready. But your sweet spot now is so much sweeter. And you're able to do so much more. It's a supernatural thing that comes upon you. And you're just able to just things start to unlock and open up. The third thing is faith. Our faith. You're not alone because when you have faith, you bring other people in. And I just want to um, unpack that a little bit. You know, because when Jesus died on the cross, he unlocked the kingdom of heaven so that the same power and authority that he had, you read those stories and you think, wow, Jesus was amazing. When he died on the cross, he actually unlocked that same power and authority for every single person who believes in him. That same power and authority to be able to speak and heal, to be able to lead the lost, to be able to be found. Those people who you never think will be able to be saved are going to happen. Those things that you think are never going to be able to happen are going to happen. But it takes some faith, and faith ain't easy, baby. That's hard. You've got to put some work in. You know, and we're going to, looking at the um, disciples again, and the story about Jesus feeding 5,000 people, you know, um, they say 5,000 people, that was just the men. They reckon it was between 15 to 20,000 um, people who we actually um, include the, the women and the children. And so, um, you know, people, Jesus starts preaching. People get excited. They're like, man, I want to be where Jesus is. So they go. But they're kind of out of the way a little bit. The disciples are like, hey, Jesus, these people don't have food. You need to send them out so that they can go and, um, you know, have somewhere to sleep at night. Have some food, get some good stuff in them. You know, we can't do it, okay? So the disciples say, you know, people need food, okay? That's fact number one, okay? So I'm going to give you three facts. That's the first one. Fact number one, people need food. Jesus said, you feed them. The disciples pretty much say, we can't feed them because to feed this many people, it would take six months worth of wages, okay? We don't have that money. Like, I just left my family business to, you know come and, and do this. I ain't got nothing. Okay? So, they're like, we don't have enough money. That's fact number two. People are hungry. We don't have enough money to feed them. And Jesus says to them, he's like, um, how, much, how much do we have? You know, go have a look. Go find some food. And I know at this very point that these are disciples who, you know, we hear the disciples and we think, oh man, they're so holy. Right now, they're not. All right, they haven't walked into that stage yet. I reckon when the Jesus says that and they go walk around, walk away, they just turn and like, from who? Oh, I just told you there's no food. Like, and, and you want me to still go? Okay. Okay, they go asking. Who are they going to ask first? They're going to ask the men because that's what they do back in those days. They just ask the men. Okay, none of the men have any food. They ask the woman. Man, honestly, Jesus, there's no food here. Come on. You know, it's just like grumbling the whole time. I bet they were grumbling. I bet they were complaining. Hard out. Like, don't tell me you don't. When your boss asks you to do something that you don't really want to do, like, you know, you complain about it a little bit. You know, it's like, it's just one of those things we're really good at, but we try not to do out loud in front of the boss. But, you know, so they finally ask the kids, okay, and they find this one kid, and he's got five loaves and two fish. 
And, and they're just like, oh, man, that all we got? Okay, I reckon we could jump this kid. All right, we can take, we can take his food, easy. All right. But I don't reckon they did that because they, they were a bit better than that. But um, anyway, fact number three, all they've found is five loaves and two fishes. Okay, people are hungry, we've got no money, we've only got five loaves and two fish. Okay, those are the facts. What does Jesus do? Just gets the, the bread out, starts paying it out, baby. Just constantly. He feeds us so much, and he's just like, people had enough bread, let's do it to the fish. Yo, who wants fish? He's just paying it out. He's just like, fish for you, fish for you, fish for you. That says people had so much that they were full. Everyone was full. What? Okay, the facts were there. They had, the, the facts were obvious. But God's like, Jesus is like, man, I know that's the facts, but this is the truth. There are 12 baskets left over. You know, so many times the, the facts are going to get thrown in your face. You know, doctor's reports come in. Yes, that is a fact. That is not the truth. Because the truth is, when Jesus Christ died on that cross, he set you free. You know, for Kylie and I, this year has been a year where it has pushed us into a zone. I used to sit back and I was, I was pretty good. You know, I believe that Jesus Christ can heal anybody, anytime, anywhere. I believe that. But when it came to the rubber met the road, did I really? Oh, that one's a bit of a tough one. I don't know if that person's like, eh, is it going to happen tonight? Probably not. You know, that's what happened. But then I had to check myself, man. God put us under pressure. You know, and when that pressure came, it was like, I got no other option. I got to push in. I got to push in. And I was so ready to just accept the cards that had been dealt in front of me. You know, but I had people around and just like, no, you don't need to settle for that. It's like, Jesus Christ, I realized that the only thing, Jesus Christ had already done it. The healing has already been done. Every single healing that you need has already been done. Okay, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, boom, it was already done. The thing is, we need to use how to appropriate that power of the cross into our lives. I was like, oh man, it's me, he's not doing it right. It's like, I have to find out how I'm going to do that. How am I going to make the power of the cross come from heaven onto earth? It says it in, you know, that's, that's God's will. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's happening up there needs to be done now. You know, Jesus said that's how we should be praying. When you look at it, you know, Jesus was wounded so that we could be healed by his stripes we have been healed. You know, that's the physical side. It's not just the, you know, um, oh yeah, they kind of feel a bit better. It's they have been healed. He was cursed so that we could be blessed. Jesus paid for our poverty so that we could become rich. Jesus died and he went into a borrowed tomb. You know, it wasn't his own that he'd, he'd got. He was in a borrowed tomb. He became poor so that we could become rich. Jesus suffered shame so that we could share in his glory. Jesus was rejected so that we could be accepted in him. Jesus was wounded so that we could be forgiven. Jesus became sin and carried our sinful nature so that we could be justified. Jesus died so that we could share an eternal life with him. That's pretty good. That'll preach. You pretty pumped about that? That's God saying, hey, you ask for it in my name, it will be done. Oh, it takes on a whole different light when you look at it like that. Okay, how am I going to get it? How am I going to go about this where I'm going to get that into my life? 
You know, Jesus comes through. He always does. He's wanting the best out of you. You know, don't get tripped up on that grace. Don't, don't get caught all the way back there. You know, don't think that I'm not good enough, that I'm not going to be able to bring heaven to earth. Now, that's rubbish. That's gone. We solved that in point number one. All right? We got, we're going to get around people, people who are going to unlock things in our life, people who we never thought was possible. They're going to come in and they're going to help us to unlock things. We're going to help us because, you know, we build God's house, He builds ours. He loves it. He gets excited when you start serving in His church. You know, it's got to be something. You can't just think that it's just some work that you're doing. You know, we've got to remember that, you know, our God is a good God. Man, He's proud of us. Man, He loves us so much. You know, and then that last point. See, the thing is, when the disciples, at the end of that, when they fed the 5,000, there were 12 baskets left over. Okay? 12 baskets left over. What happened to these baskets? All right, the people took them home. The people took them, and they took them to those people who weren't there when the miracle happened. That's the same as us. Our miracle may happen in church, but we take it to those people who, who don't know. We take it to our friends who need to be saved. We take it into our workplaces. We take it out into our communities. You know, that's the best part about the faith is the, the, it's for the glory of God. It's so that we can have a testimony to be able to unlock things in people's lives. It's so that we can take what we've got in church and we take it where it needs to go. So people who, who have no idea, where'd you get this from? Jesus, he like had five loaves and two fish and then like he gave this basket. Like this basket alone, it's not like, you know, a little red riding hood kind of basket thing that, you know, she's carrying. It's like a big basket. And it's like, the people got to start asking questions. How many of those people are like, I want some of that? Not, not, not some of that, but I want what's happening where Jesus is. You know, and that's us tonight. You know, some of us, we got some work to do. <laughs> you know, we're still on a journey. I want to encourage you around that faith thing as well. You don't win a war with one bullet. If, you don't, if your prayer doesn't get answered that one time, you don't just stop praying. Okay, because you don't know what damage that bullet has done. So you're going to keep on firing. You keep on praying. You keep on pushing in. All right? Miracles happen instantaneously. Healings can happen gradually. You just got to keep firing away. Tonight, if you're one of those people who you've got a wall that you need to break down, if there is something coming against you that you're pushing into, your faith is being put to the test, I want to encourage you right now. I want you to start thinking of it. You need to find some Bible verses. That's your bullet right there. I want you to start declaring those Bible verses over that situation. I want you to get a picture of what you are going to, what it's going to look like when that victory has happened. Whether it's the healing, whether it's the, the provision, whether it's the broken relationship that has been restored, whether it's the thing that you've done that you need forgiveness for. Get a picture of it. 
and get that win. What does it look like? Find that Bible verse. I'm going to pray right now. Lord, I just thank you for the awesome God that you are. Lord, I thank you that you have given us the power and the authority to bring heaven to earth. Lord, that you have given that to us, Lord, as a free gift. Lord, that we have eternal life with you. Lord, I declare right now that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for the awesome God that you are. Lord, that you are amazing, that you are God over all things. Lord, and we declare in the name of Jesus Christ that your power, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.